All right, everybody. Welcome to 2022. It's a Grace Point Daily Podcast. We are back with Dr. R.B. Maynard. How are you, sir? Hand clap. Thank you. Thank you The so doctor much. back in the house. We are going to, this year, attempt to completely overload your life with the Word of God. We're going to be going, uh, right now, we're starting one year Bible journey on the Grace One Daily podcast. That is, I'm doing a video devotional. It's on our Grace One Daily YouTube channel. It's on the Grace One Daily podcast. It's on the Grace One Assembly God Facebook page. Every single day, think I'm going to do it, Dr. R.B. Maynard? I think you will do it. <laughs> I'm going to have a lot of days where I'm like, like today, where I'm like, I'm trying to stay three, at least three videos ahead uh-huh. right now. And it is a task. So I'm probably going to have to do like a day where I just do like 50 of them. Right. <laughs> so I'm really, really, really caught up. But join us for that one-year Bible journey on the Grace One Daily Podcast alongside Dr. R.B. Maynard, verse by verse. There's no reason not to get into the Word in 2022, right, Dr. R.B. Right. Maynard? Plenty of opportunity. So we hope that you do that and uh, like we're trying to just get it out there for you guys. So uh, where were we at, Dr. R.B. Maynard, the last time? Okay, we actually only got one session in... Uh, the New Testament, we've been in the Old Testament for so long, we only got one session, and and uh, so we actually are in the book of Luke one eleven. Okay, so, this is life of Jesus, we're yes, entitling this. life of Christ is what we kind of looked at. So uh, it it really would have worked out. We probably would have been about at the Christmas story, but wow. you know, it just gets so busy. <laughs> it gets so busy yes, at Christmas time and New Year's and all of those things. It just didn't work that way, but... But that's okay. The Christmas story is a good story any time of the year. So. It's Christmas all year long as there far as I'm concerned. There you go. <laughs> so, one eleven, and this is, uh, uh, you know, we talk about the life of Christ, but we're backing up to uh, the story of John the Baptist who comes before uh, Jesus and the forerunner of Jesus. And so we're really talking right now about uh, Zacharias when he went in to uh, perform the duties, the priestly duties. And while he was there, uh, it says in verse 11, And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And this is Gabriel. It doesn't tell us that here, but later it it talks about Gabriel. So uh, Gabriel really was known as um, the angel of good news. So uh, maybe not always. I can't document that he never had any bad news, but it seems like he's the... uh, the good news angel, <laughs> if you would, uh, if you knew that, I guess if you if you or I saw Gabriel, we would probably Yay. think, okay, yeah. which one a, are you? Hold on a second. Yeah, <laughs> are you coming with a flaming sword to reprimand me or what? But but it, and it said it said it wasn't so unusual. You know, we hear the stories of where they go into the temple, uh, they perform their duties, uh, they sprinkle the blood and the incense and. You know, they do all the washing and all the different things that they do, and we just kind of take it for granted that it was just a, a formality and not much of a spiritual thing because we think today that, um, you know, I've always kind of joked that I wish I was in the Old Testament mm-hmm. because you just knew that you did this and then you did this and God would be pleased if you did this. But now that we live under grace, there's so many things that are like, well, I'm just not sure about this, and I'm not sure about that, and is this wrong, and you know, how are we supposed to pray, and how are we supposed to do things? Everything was so orderly that we forget that there was a spiritual side to it. I mean, God mm-hmm. commanded that those things be done, and it was a, a what they call a foreshadowing of so many things for when Christ came. But So uh, just a couple of different times, uh, one of the priests said, one time when I went in to burn incense, 
I saw Actarial, which is one of the names of God, like Emmanuel, God with me, with us, um, and it says, uh, the Lord, the Lord of hosts, who was sitting on a throne high and lifted up. In other words, there was a, he's talking about having a vision. And Simeon the Just, and I, if you look up Simeon the Just, you'll see uh, that he was um, not necessarily a uh, better than everybody else. It's kind of like when it talks about people being righteous. doesn't mean they were better than other people. Just means that person was a righteous person, and God did things. And it says about Simeon the Just, there was always an appearance in the Holy of Holies. He he was forty years as a high priest. Every year, it says one old man clothed in white and veiled in white went in with me and came out with me. And then he said, one year he said, I shall die this year. How do you know? They said, he went in with me, but he didn't come out. Josephus says the high priest said he received an oracle or answer from God as he was offering incense. So it talked about these guys. It, it was more of not just about doing a duty, but that there was maybe something that really did happen in the Holy of Holies. I mean, you're talking about standing in the presence of God mm-hmm. right. there. Uh, it wasn't just formality and ritual. Uh, there was something more to it than that. So we kind of need to remember that, that God with his... Uh, the order of things, you know, we talk about, quote, the order of service. Yep. But that are, there were certain <laughs> things that happened at that time that were spiritual, that had meaning behind them, not just, well, why would God say to go in and just take so many steps and all these different things that God came, came up with? Uh, it wasn't random. Verse 12 says, And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. You know, why trouble and fear? Why wouldn't you have excitement? Well, because probably at that time they weren't sitting here like we are saying Gabriel is, you know, uh, the bearer of good news. I would be, you know, we all would think, man, wouldn't you? Wouldn't it be cool to see an angel? Yeah. But <laughs> I'm not so sure, you know, because you don't know what scary. that task, why Why are you here? I mean, am, am I in trouble, in other words? But... um. And for the most part, they typically lead in with, do not be afraid. Uh-huh, right, because <laughs> they know. Uh, they said it like that, too. Do not be afraid. Yeah, man, that was so angelic. <laughs> I can't believe, especially from you, that that yeah. was so angelic. You're probably talking, that was your Rachel voice, because yeah. <laughs> she's angelic. Yes. But verse 13 says, but the angel said unto him, <laughs> what, fear not, yeah, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And, you know, that angel, uh, they probably see that fear on our face. That's probably why they have to say fear not, because most people think that that would be an awesome experience, but it would be fearful because you don't know, you know, what's coming. Is it is it a reprimand or is it praise for you being a great person? Are they going to have this great news? Yeah. Uh, you don't know. Well, it's more, I, I guess, from, oh, here we go, a good good thought to play with is from their perspective it's like well they get to see us but we don't get to ever see them except right. when they scare us so right they're like <laughs> yeah. well i we've seen you guys all mm-hmm. the time and your awkwardness and right <laughs> and is it is it really an angel or is yeah. this something else that's uh, you know lots of times we think we'd like to see things but then we're not so sure you know if it really happened but but it says and i and i love this phrase for thy prayer is heard so it, it's like well, what prayer was he praying? Uh, and and it, they mentioned, you know, is this just the prayer that he was praying right then? 
or is it talking about had he prayed for a son? You know, is this yeah. part of the things that you have prayed for have come to pass? I mean, he prayed for a son. The present part of it, uh, one of one part of the priestly prayer concerned the coming of Messiah. So there was always something. Uh, um, in essence, it would be something like finishing your prayer every time with "Lord, come quickly," you know. And so uh, that that was part of the priestly prayer. So what prayers are are being answered? I mean, the coming Messiah, all of those things that are being answered here. So, and it says to call his name John. Uh, normally, biblical times, not not so much today, but biblical times, you know, you named the son after the father. So this was going to be out of the ordinary in this mm-hmm. scenario too. Uh, that's why it's so important when he says his name shall be John. He's telling him you're not to name him after. He's not going to be Zacharias the second. He's going to be called John. Yeah. Verse 14, and thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. And I think about these things of rejoicing at birth, and we have today with so much uh, abortion and, and those kind of things. We, you know, I think about rejoicing at birth. You know, one of my grandma, granddaughters just had a baby, uh, I think the 30th of November. We got to see that baby, and, man, it's just so, uh, you know, you hold a baby in your arms yep. and, and that baby doesn't know anything or mm-hmm. hasn't experienced anything. He can't, or she can't, in, in my case, she can't love me back or anything. But right. you just hold her in your arms and just look, mm-hmm. just look, stare at it. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a rejoicing at that <laughs> new birth, even though there may be fear of, uh, you know, the world we live in and, and the things that can happen. But, uh, but anyway, normally there's a rejoicing, but, um, but then a fear of what might happen, what, what's going to be the life of the child. You know, anytime you have a child, you want to, you know, you bless them, you dedicate them, you you do all those things, but also you, you're concerned yeah. what, what's going to happen. You know, what's their fate in life? Mm-hmm. You know, you've got grown kids and, and small kids, you know, kids in college now that, oh, I'm sorry, Rachel, yeah. we shouldn't have mentioned that, <laughs> bringing up a source. Just spot. yesterday, yeah. which yeah. the, uh, the biggest, actually more the sadness of me losing, losing, uh, leaving, letting go mm-hmm. of my daughter was the, as I'm walking around the campus, the realization that, I'm the college dad now. Ah, <laughs> yeah. That was my biggest struggling moment. Yeah. Right there, well, wait I'm till the college you, dad. Wait till you become grandpa. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's really. And then I'm Made great, me feel old. great grandpa now. So. Wow. Yeah. Verse 15. For he shall be great in the sight of God, the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. So. You know, these are great promises. I always I think about, you know, we wish the best and we pray for the best over our children, but we don't really know, you know, how they're, we don't know if they're even going to serve God, yep. you know, when they have the opportunity. And so, you know, we look at those things, but wouldn't it be awesome to, to have someone that, that you knew was a prophet, or in this case, the angel who says to him, uh, he shall be great in the sight of the Lord. And then it goes on and talks about he's not going to drink wine, strong drink, and he's going to be filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. Now, you know, we, we're not going to go that direction. This is not the same infilling of the Holy Ghost 
that there was at the uh, in the upper room with the disciples. That was the Holy Ghost is yes is the Holy Ghost, but the, but there's a yeah. different anointing or filling or whatever. So that's for that's for another time. So it doesn't mean he was baptized in the Holy Ghost and started speaking in tongues in his mother's womb mm-hmm. kind of thing. I know that sounds crazy, but <laughs> but it's a different. It's same Holy Ghost, yes. a different. Um, presentation, I guess, of the Holy Ghost. But but anyway, those would be uh, great things. I mean, the promise is he's going to be great in the sight of the Lord. He's not going to drink wine or strong drink. He's going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Um, and and the, the idea with the wine and, and drink is old wine and new wine has to do with fermented and unfermented. Mm-hmm. So uh, they had both. And I know, you again, we're not going in that direction either. Oh, you the know, good old fermented or yeah. non-fermented can conversation. We, can <laughs> we drink, you know, would be. But this was an issue then. And so yeah. it was saying uh, not only can't he have fermented drink, you know, so you, you would refer to that in whatever, getting a buzz or becoming drunk or whatever. So not only is he not going to do that, he's not even going to drink unfermented wow. wine. So, you know, in our case, unfermented wine would be grape juice, whatever orange, I mean, whatever you make wine out of, mm-hmm. uh, be the same difference. But he's not going to have either one. Uh, it's part of like the Nazarite vow yep. that they had. And I, I love this because um, they they were talking about not even to drink the, the fruit drinks. So it'd be tough on us because <laughs> yeah. it'd be like, really, right. probably not even nothing but water. Mm-hmm. You're not to have Mountain Dew. Yes. He won't even drink Mountain Dew. He won't drink Diet Mountain Dew or regular Mountain Dew. Or zero or whatever. Zero or, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, so he's only going to drink water, basically, is what he's saying. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a similar uh, expression for in the garden to not eat of the fruit. There was a There okay. was a command there, just don't do it. God didn't. I mean, he did say, and I know Rachel uh, talked about this on Wednesday, or Sunday night, uh, he did say, you know, not to eat of it and, and you'll know good and evil. I mean, mm-hmm. he did give them a reason, but not like they totally understood. In other words, he didn't have to say, okay, now, if you guys do this, for all eternity, people are going to be suffering. For all eternity, people are going to be sick. You know, he didn't give them all yeah. that. He simply said, don't do it as if I'm God and I know better, so just don't do it. And I, I, I always mean to look it up and I never can look it up, but there's a Jewish word for that of just being obedient without having to understand why. And we are a, a, a culture, we get onto our kids, stop asking me why. Yep. You know, I know better. I mean, if your kid's about to run in the street in front of a car, you don't need to explain to them why you don't do that. It's just, I know I'm, I'm concerned for your safety, so just listen to me. And that's what uh, God was saying here is, I'm just telling you not to do this. And I love this because when you begin to look at this, uh, one of the statements that in the study says, um, well, what about... Uh, if you go back in Deuteronomy, it talks about wine of the tithes. In other words, it talks about like an association between tithing and drinking wine or something. There's some statement there. 
So somebody who would argue the point that, well, we should be able to, to drink wine, mm-hmm. and they might use that as, well, it says there you're supposed to drink <laughs> wine or whatever. And I love this statement because this comes from some of the studies that I look at, or a lot of them are, are Jewish-oriented. So uh, they come up with all kinds of reasons and all kinds of explanations, and sometimes, sometimes I get exhausted just reading the commentary They'll have three pages of commentary on a verse, and I still don't know when I get to the end. What, <laughs> Wait, what's you know? it mean? Yeah. yeah. Right. But uh, one of the things they said, uh, one of their phrases is, let Elijah untie the knot when he comes. In other words, they, of course, they believe Elijah's coming right. before the Messiah, that kind of thing. But there's some things that they just say there is no explanation. So this is even the, the scholars when it comes to some things, they just say, you know what? It just says not to do it. And yeah. so we're not going to ask why. We'll just let him explain that to us. Let Jesus explain that to us when he comes. Well, I think when he comes, we're not going to need it to yeah. be explained to us. <laughs> Would but, it be uh, oh, Shama? Is that correct? Obedience in Hebrew is Shama? It might. means to hear, to listen, to give attention, to understand, to submit, and to obey. Yeah, there's only so. only one word in Hebrew for obedience, and it is the word shama. Yeah, that's probably it. Okay. Yep. Yep. And that is it, that goes back to I use the example many times the the example of uh, not eating pork. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean Stella doesn't eat pork, but it's not a religious thing. It's a physical. It makes her sick <laughs> to eat pork. But we would say there's all kinds of arguments about. Uh, to the Jewish people, well, yeah, but back then it wasn't refrigerated. It, it could contain, you know, contaminants. Pigs were considered dirty. I mean, all the, but now we mm-hmm. live in a different culture, so shouldn't it be okay? Well, the Jewish people would say to that, Shama, if that's the word, mm-hmm. they would say that because it's like we don't need it explained to us. He just said don't eat pork, mm-hmm. so we're just not going to eat pork. <laughs> and it's it, it's amazing how... I don't care how good of a Christian that we are, we still feel that need to know why. Yeah. You know, I don't know how many times I've said, Lord, I just don't get it. I just don't understand. Mm-hmm. You know, we've we've talked about that with the death of our friends and, and the death of people in the church and illness with people and all of those things. We, I mean, how many times, I don't know about you, but lots of times, mm-hmm. Lord, I just, I just don't get it. Yeah, you know that person. I mean, we know we're looking at Kelly Stevens. Uh, you know, I I don't get it. I don't understand. I think how much more could he have done? You know, we read the scriptures that say, you know, the the workers are few. Yeah, but then right. it's like, <laughs> well, the workers are few. But then you took another one yeah. away. You know, I, I mean, it's just we can't understand. But we sometimes we just have to say. Well, yeah. we always have to say. Yeah, I don't get it, but I trust. That's what it's all about is the trust. But verse 16, And many of the children of Israel Israel, shall he turn to the Lord their God. He's talking about John the Baptist here. Uh, he's, he's mainly at this point, it's sent to the, the land of Israel, the children of Israel kind of thing. But we know that that branches out. It's not exclusive uh, to them. But, but it's to turn many to the hearts of the, of the Lord turn many hearts to the Lord. You know, for us, you know, our wish was that everyone would be saved. I mean, that's the wish of of God. 
that all would come to repentance. I mean, we all know that, but at least I want to be responsible for many, and even John the Baptist, who's going to be the forerunner of Jesus, who is a righteous man, who's a called man, from, who's filled with the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, even at his birth, even he will not call everyone. It just says he'll turn the hearts of many, but not to everyone. And I and I I love the phrase here too. It says, "And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God." And and we we find I'm actually, of course, I'm ahead in the study, so I'm actually in the time of John the Baptist beginning his ministry. And and the thing about John the Baptist was his or one of the things, his humility in all of that, because it says he will turn the hearts of many to the Lord. He's not the uh, televangelist. He's not the mega church guy who's, and I, and I guess I shouldn't even say that because it sounds <laughs> like I'm insinuating that. Right. But there are pastors who get caught up in the uh, fame, yep. the notoriety. Uh, for him, it was constantly... He constantly said, I, it's not about me, it's mm-hmm. about him. I'm not him, but there's one coming after after me that yeah. I'm not even worthy to tie his shoes. I mean, everything was mm-hmm. was all about, this is not about me. And you know that there were people, when John began his ministry, there were people that were just like there are today yes. who just thought, oh, man, <laughs> he's, he's it. Yeah. You know, we need we got to follow him. Not even because they looked at his spirituality or anything else, but just it was the new fad. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. when when he came, and so uh, you know, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, but but it even begins with the humility there that he's turning their hearts to the Lord, their God, not to him, not to draw anything to him. Verse seventeen, and he shall go before him in the spirit and power of uh, Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Isaiah 43, 40, verse 3 says, A voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. There's a, there is a similarity. That's why they, uh, again, getting ahead of ourselves, but that's why they ask him, are you Elijah? They were looking right. for Elijah. Yeah. Yep. And so exactly. the two of them were, were similar in their ministry, in their style, in their, uh, they were both uh, famous for their faithfulness. They both uh, were very bold to reprove the kings. Uh, uh, you know, John the Baptist calls them a brood of vipers. And, uh, you know, I mean, they were both very bold. It didn't matter mm-hmm. to them. They didn't, and I think, you know, we need that boldness. I think there's, we call it cotton candy theology now, where um, it's not that they say sin is okay, they just don't say sin is not okay. Right. <laughs> you know, they avoid the topics and avoid the issues because we want everyone to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. We want everybody to be happy. We don't want to, you know, we used to talk about hellfire and brimstone, you know. Well, we don't preach that anymore. We don't call out, uh, well, I, I don't say we don't. I'm just saying, generally speaking, there's a lot of ministry that is done just to appease people and not make them uncomfortable. We wouldn't want someone to quit the church because we talked about their sin in their yeah. life and offended them. So 
um, you know, and and both of them endured the persecution. They were guys who didn't it didn't matter to them that uh, you know that that they were going to be reproved by the kings and by notable people that they were going to be criticized. Uh, they were they were going to be called whatever liars and uh, they weren't true men of God. Whatever the case may be, they were going to. It didn't matter to them about that because they knew what they were doing was what God had said to do and what God said to say. In other words, uh, Malachi four five says, "See, I will send you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord comes." He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, or else I will come and strike the land with a curse. And I, I never did, I never quite understood that verse because it seemed like, um, so in the end times, our fathers and children and children and fathers going to have a better relationship. I, I never really understood that verse, but it talks really about, uh, it says, the fathers should direct their children towards spiritual fathers. In other words, you should not only, um, your, your children should honor you and respect you and learn from you about spiritual things, but also their hearts should be directed towards the fathers, Abraham and Isaac. and In other words, these men of the word were considered spiritual fathers. It's not about you just teaching your kids good moral standards and things, but and I know you read to your kids. They they probably know who Elijah is mm-hmm. and who Abraham is, and they may not have a full understanding, but they know those names. And yep. so you're directing your children to to spiritual fathers, your spiritual fathers. And, and in turn, then the children honor you because mm-hmm. you've directed them to those fathers. And so it is, it's not just about an end time thing that happens that it's like, okay, we'll know Jesus is coming because the fathers are going to love their children more and the children are going to love their fathers more. Mm. It's not just that simple of a, a thing to say, oh, Jesus must be coming soon because really, yeah. I, I mean, if. <laughs> If you look at that like that's the case, then we would say, well, he's not really coming very soon because there's a lot of disrespect. <laughs> yes. There's right. a lot of, especially fathers mm-hmm. who have left families, yep. who uh, children, a lot of children don't even know who their fathers are. And the fathers have left the mother with the children to fend for themselves. And, uh, you know, so if we would look at that as an end time sign in that respect, we'd say, well, he must not be coming soon mm-hmm. because. It just seems like that's not the case now. And so I think there's a little misunderstanding maybe that that that's like an end-time sign, Mm -hmm. but it's just talking about the responsibility to direct children towards their father, towards their spiritual father, so that they do grow up to be. uh, And then they, in turn, do the same thing. Uh, You direct your children, and then your children direct their children. Mm -hmm. And so it's a... uh, the dual uh, thing there, but it's not necessarily a end time sign. Uh, one more verse, we'll call it quits here. And Zechariah said unto the angel, "Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife well stricken in years." He's, you know, even 
Zacharias, as spiritual as he is, God speaks something through through the angel, but God speaks something, and then he says, but how will I know? You know, mm-hmm. I, I need a sign. Um, you know, again, we could get into a whole discussion about asking God for a sign, but there were many times that people asked God for a sign, and he gave them one, and mm-hmm. then there were other people who just, God spoke, and they just did what God said to do. Yeah. So I'm not so sure. I don't think God gets angry with us because uh, it's a little bit like feeling like you're called to the mission field. And, you know, you feel it pretty strong, but you're just not able to to take that step because I don't know if there's doubt or, or whatever the case. I don't think it's always wrong to say, Lord, you know, in my human nature, I just, I don't know. I don't have mm-hmm. a, what we call a knowing yeah. in me. Can you give me a sign? <laughs> and, you know, I don't think God's like, oh, brother, just forget right. the whole thing. <laughs> you know, if, you're yeah. not, if you don't have any more faith than that, then I'm just not even going to use mm-hmm. you. I think God's kind and compassionate, and I don't think he's so upset to, you know, to, to get a sign or ask for a sign. Yeah. Um, of some kind, so, um, so anyway, we'll we'll wind up there today. But uh, I, he, what will the sign be? How am I going to know? I need a, it. Doesn't sound reasonable to me. I need a sign, um, and <laughs> I hate to say this, but when it talks about um, uh, for I am an old man, the word for old age is. It's, I don't even know how to pronounce it, Gematry, G-E-M-A-T-R-Y, and that number means 60. Okay. So, <laughs> so I guess I'm an old man. Yes. You know, yep. so that's all it meant was it, had, it probably had more to do with childbearing age that not many men over 60 would father children. Mm-hmm. They can, and they yep. do, but not many over that age. But, but even in those times, because the ages had changed, uh, even over 60 was considered, you know, I, hey, I'm an old man. How am I going to have a baby at this point? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, there's still doubt and, and fear, and even from the most godly of people, I think we don't need to feel so guilty that we have some doubts and some fears yep. about how, what God wants us to do in our life. So, so we'll call it quits there today. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. R.B. Maynard, he is back on the horse in 2022, taking us through the Bible uh, so like, share, and subscribe. We appreciate you supporting our podcast, this Grace Point Daily Podcast. There will be, I promise you, loads of content. I do want to bring up one thing. If you are watching this on the Grace Point Daily YouTube channel or Facebook Live or you're re-watching it, uh, I'm pulling this up real quick. It's called thebibleproject.com. And if you really want to get uh, greater insight into the Word of God, if you're going through the one-year Bible journey like some of us are doing, uh, there are, if, if you're watching on the screen, there's a little... Uh, link that says watch and I'm pulling it up now. It says watch all videos or how to read the Bible themes, word studies, book overviews, book collections, visual commentaries. This is a resource that like I think is absolutely amazing that I will be using in some of our services and uh, our content and things like that. So I'm giving a shout out to bibleproject.com. I don't have any connections with them. I don't know anybody from the Bible project.com, but I have found this to be a wonderful resource as you're getting into the word and you're going to dive in deeper this year. So there you go, guys. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. And we hope to see you and hear you. No, you're not going to talk to us. We're going to talk to you on the next podcast. Talk to you next time.